We welcome you to this edition of the official Titans podcast, better known as the OTP. Amy Wells is here. Hello, Mike Keith. Amy Wells, it's great to have you here. Coach Dave McGinnis from Titans Radio. Hi, Mike Keith. And Rhett Bryan back from Titans Radio. You were so good last week. And Jim Wyatt is sitting out again. He's at the Super Bowl. So we ask you to come back. You would be like our returning champion. I love this. Congratulations. I'm, I'm, thank you. We are glad, I'm glad to, to have be everyone. Here. Excellent. And we're glad to have Amy Wells back from Orlando and the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Give me, a, give me a quick synopsis of the trip to Orlando. What was good? What was bad? What was in between? Well, it was a great trip. Um, all the guys there were having an absolute blast. Derek Henry described himself to me as jolly. That is how good... Derrick Henry was feeling at the Pro Bowl. He is not a guy who uses the word jolly very often, but that's how he, he literally was feeling. used the word jolly. <laughs> he said to me, "Amy, I am jolly," and I said, "That you are, my friend." Um, <laughs> yeah, he was. He was living his best life. Ryan Tannehill had so much fun. His whole family was there, so they had a really good time. I mean, the proximity to Disney is what makes it so special, especially for guys with young families. Where do they practice? At on Disney At property, Wide World, Wide World of okay. Sports, the ESPN big facility that has 365 practice fields, and I think we walked across every single one of wow. them. You know something? I worked there the first year that was open. Really? Did a baseball tournament there the first year before the Braves even started doing spring training there, and it was when they were using, in 1998, the aluminum bats that were not deadened. I called a Tennessee-Duke baseball game that was 24-18. to 18. Ooh, wow. That's a lot of dings. I yeah. missed I missed Space Mountain and the teacups and everything because I was doing five hour baseball games there. That's crazy. But it is a great facility. Oh, it's incredible. And it holds people so well. There were so many Titans fans. Like it blew my mind the amount of Titans fans because we've been going to the Pro Bowl there for I think this was year four right now. Um and usually you'll see like one or two kind of back in the back and you're like, yeah. And they're like, we didn't even know this was here. We're coming to Disney World. Happened to stop by. Like it's that kind of thing. This year, people, Titans fans, were intentional about coming. I saw tons of 22 jerseys, 17 jerseys, 99 jerseys. It was so cool to see the fans that came out and they were all just so excited about the season that we had had. Everybody stopped me and was just telling me about how excited they were. P listeners? OT people. OT people? The OT people were coming out in full force. It really, really was exciting to look out and just see fans standing there or fans walking with their families. And yeah, it, we had never seen that volume of Titans fans before. So that was so, so cool. Why do people watch the Pro Bowl, Coach Mack? They get a chance to get up close and personal with these players. I mean, that's huge. Plus, it's a relaxed environment. I mean, I've coached in Pro Bowls before. You know, I've done that. And it's, look, it's a great environment. It really is. And I think they've got it figured out down there at Disney now as far as to, as to how to do it. It, it. It's pure, it's entertainment. It really is pure entertainment. But the kids can get close to the players, just as what, you know, Amy says. The, the players are relaxed. I mean, they, it's, to me, I mean, I, I like it. You know, six years ago, I didn't like it. Because it had gotten to the point as to where the energy level of the players was really low. And that's when Roger Goodell stepped in. If you'll remember, about six seasons ago, said, look, we can't have this. 
you know, I mean, you know, with the lack, of, just the lack of effort. The energy level this year, I thought, was really good. The players really enjoy being there. Well, I mean, they enjoy being there, and and that makes a difference. And the game is not your typical football game. I mean, you can't turn it on and think that you are going to witness a super like physical event. But I watched the entire game. And it was fun. Wow, you should get a medal for that. I should get a I, I medal for that. Did the you really? Thing? Mm-hmm. I watched I sure the whole did. thing, too. Yeah, I mean... So I'm the only one that didn't? Yeah, well, maybe... I, obviously. You should get a demerit of some sort, wow. maybe. Nice. Uh, thank you. Um, but it was, it was entertaining to watch. You saw scoring. You saw plays happening. Like, it was a football game. And I think it's the perfect venue for people who are fans of players. Not necessarily okay. like, I am a fan of the Tennessee Titans, but I am a fan of Derrick Henry. I'm going to see Derrick Henry in a way that I don't normally get to see him. And I think that that's a lot of the people who come out to the Pro Bowl and who go to those games is to have that opportunity to have an interaction with a player that they're a fan of. Not necessarily, I just want to see the AFC do well. Like, that doesn't right. happen. But people will go... Well, to I think have that's, an experience. That's the attraction for those who mm-hmm. don't go uh, watching on television. <clears throat> you want to see how your guys did. Right. And I wanted to see how did Ryan Tannehill do? How did Jarrell Casey do? How did Brett Kern do? All of those guys, and Derrick Henry for sure. But I wanted just to see, you know, did they have any wildcat for Derrick Henry? You know, because a lot of those things are on the table. Uh, in a relaxed format, like you said, Coach. Yeah, Mike. it's just not – It's not. A, you have to understand what it is and get it in your mind. And I think for a while, you know, because it used to be different. You know, I've told the story on this podcast before about my time with Lawrence Taylor over there when, I mean, <laughs> we were having to play for money. You know, and, and, and now, I mean, the, everybody – they the money's up there enough and the money is not what it used to be. It used to be fifteen and $20,000 meant a lot, you know, as to what was going on. But now, I mean – you get it out of your mind that it's a physical contest to begin with. It's a skills contest, mm-hmm. and you still get to watch your players. But the the players, if they'll bring energy to it, which they do, and police themselves, uh, you know, and everybody understands what it is. I, I liked it this year. I really did. I liked it. Six seasons ago, I did not like it. And and the league stepped in. Roger Goodell stepped in. And the NFLPA, the players police this. I mean, Amy can tell you she's been there. The players police the the, the Pro Bowl the way, it, but the way that it, it it's configured now, I like it. So I need to give it another chance. You do, Mike. Okay, but, six years ago I gave up on it. Well, six years ago was awful, and, <laughs> yeah. and you and you were and you were right to. But you when need, guys wouldn't tackle each other. Well, they still, well, they still don't. don't. But like that's not what whoa, you're watching whoa, whoa, whoa. it for. So you're telling me guys still don't tackle each other, and that's okay? It's yeah. way okay. It's, it's way, way okay. okay. Look, if you if you lose if you lose Derrick Henry to a to a to a wrap up tackle right. in, in the Pro Bowl, that's not good juju. Right. That's not what you want. They're not there trying to end each other's careers. I mean, you they're hope. not. It is a high skilled flag football game minus the flags that's but a, i'm into it that's a great way to put it, it what is a great that way to is do it. i'm into it all right i want to turn it to something else though so you've been to the last four four or five you've been to all of them in orlando i've been to all of them in orlando there is talk that the pro bowl is moving to las vegas or los angeles and that they are going to do it like the draft they're going to move it around i know you're on the orlando chamber of commerce but put that aside for a second <laughs> Should they move it around? Is it good for the league if they move the Pro Bowl around based on not just the game, the week? Yes, 
but. Yes, but. Yes, I think it is good for the league to move it around, to give people in other spaces the ability to have this interaction with the National Football League, especially because, frankly, not everyone can afford a Disney vacation. It is a free event to go to the Pro Bowl as it stands in Orlando right now. It's totally free. You just walk in, see everything. You can see practice, all that. But if you're traveling from someplace else, you're paying Disney money to do it, basically. You're staying on Disney property, most likely. You're paying Disney prices for food. There's a cost element there. So I think that it's so great for other regions of fans to be able to have this experience and have this interaction. I think the league would have to temper its expectations in terms of turnout a little bit because the Disney factor, again, having so many people who are in Orlando already on a vacation, They've planned this whole Disney magical experience. Right. Oh, and the Pro Bowl's here. So they're able to package it together and justify the trip overall because it's part of their vacation. Taking it on the move, I don't know how many families are taking family vacations to Las Vegas. Maybe a ton, maybe none. I don't know. But you're going to attract a different clientele than those who just stumbled upon it because they were coming to see the mouse down the road. So I think that that's something that will be adjusted. I think numbers will shift a little bit. But, but you I go think to the it's... draft every year, too, mm-hmm. and you've seen it in Dallas, in Philly, in Chicago, in Nashville. You've seen what it does moving the draft around. Right. You, I mean, you have this perception that mm-hmm. most of us don't. The perspective is a better way to put it. Yeah. So... You do think it would be beneficial to move it around? Oh, I think moving it would be a great idea. And I think that the cool thing about the Pro Bowl, as opposed to something like the draft or the combine or even the Super Bowl, it's way more family-centric. There's a lot more things for kids. There's a lot more activations for a whole family to be a part of. There's flag football tournaments. The skills competition is super entertaining for kids because it's guys doing wild and crazy things with their bodies and throwing things. and It's all just very visual and very entertaining for families. I get the impression Rep. Bryant disagrees. No, I don't. <laughs> actually, Brett's throwing I things think, while I'm talking about kids. It's I, weird. No, I actually think it would be uh, really neat to see it travel around. Why not have the Pro Bowl in Nashville? Drafted really well here. It's a way for the NFL to continue its efforts in growing the fuel up to play 60 and the play 60 initiative. Which you take part in. Absolutely. Red has hosted those programs with our players when you go to schools and with t-rack for how many years what seven seven years okay so you have a different perspective to it as well that's interesting and and, but you that's what kind of made me think of that because you talked about how the skills competition is and you know the interaction with the young fans this is a place for them to get basic football information but more than that being active for 60 minutes every day which is the foundation of what that is, mm-hmm. the, the the Play 60 initiative. Uh, and they do a lot of Play 60 events, I think, surrounding these events like this. It would be great for that in growing the next generation of NFL fans and while encouraging activity and, you know, correct decisions with diets and choices and whatever uh, by seeing the people that they admire so much on TV all the time. All right, so I got the tough one for you, Coach Dave McGinnis. I like tough ones. I know you do. Combine. You love the Combine in Indianapolis. Been to every one of them. It's not uh, – it's, it's a location that cannot be matched in terms of convenience for the football folks. I agree with that. It's 100% perfect. Minneapolis is probably the only city that could match it because it is set up in a similar way, and it's downtown to Indianapolis. 
but probably not as well. Probably can't do it as well. All right, take that out. Take out your take out your hat as a football guy. Would it be beneficial for the NFL to move the combine like the draft and like the Pro Bowl to other cities in terms of its market? I don't think so. Okay, because th- this year, th- well, I mean, hang on, Amy Wells is <laughs> she Amy's just does she likes going Amy. to Indianapolis. If the combine ever moves, my head will spin off my body. Amy it and will I, be horrible. Amy and I think a lot about a lot of things. We do. That's true. We think we think alike. No, no, I don't think it would be. I mean, there's it, to me, that's a totally, it's a totally different look. I mean, the entertainment value of the of the combine is very minimal. I mean, there's but it, they're changing it this year right. to to, Prime to time. emphasize and, the entertainment right. even more, and that's yeah. why it shouldn't move because okay. people can watch it now. They're moving it to prime time, right? So you can watch it. So you know why why would you why would you want to change it and you want me to take the football aspect out sure. of it just put the medical aspect of it in it do you understand how convenient that is in Indianapolis that was one of the reasons they moved it there to begin with right. when i first got in the league i mean we had one in we had one in new orleans we had one in in phoenix and it didn't work because of the medical aspect of it you've got to get all of these 330 guys through mris through all these tests the medical setup there is perfect for it you can get guys back and forth, you know, from interviews to, I mean, that is perfect. And plus, they've got that thing, Jen, and I say no for that. Okay, so let's let's take it one different way, and this is a yes or no question. Their deal is up. Mm-hmm. Does the combine move starting in 2021? Yes or no, Rip Brown? No. I think yes. No. I say yes. See, I think it moves. I think so too, but I think it's going to be a nightmare, and I will be very disappointed. I know, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong about that, and I'm not saying I want it to move because for us, for what we do, it's the greatest setup in the history of mankind for the media, for the teams, for the doctors, for the players. It is absolutely perfect, but I'm not sure the league cares about that as no. much as it cares about how do we sell it because the TV ratings are phenomenal for this thing. Well, sure they are. Mm-hmm. And the NFL wants to monetize. Monetize. Right. Well, and show off some of the new places. They want to take it to L.A. They right. want to take it to Vegas. They want to show off the new things yeah, that they're doing. Talk- I get it, but, like, good gravy. It's such a logistical nightmare when you move things like this. I mean, I'm all for it in some regards. But even with moving the draft year after year after year, there's a lot of moving pieces parts that have to be recalibrated every time you move to a new city and no it doubt. is a different type of chaos every time you're trying well, to figure out a new place they're going to bring players in in Las Vegas during the draft on like barges oh my gosh somebody's going to drown it's going to be bad <laughs> no, somebody's like, going to take a header into drown. the pool yeah someone's going to jump into no, the pool to will save jump. people like, somebody there'll be some player they might who take jumps. the commissioner with them well i mean it's going to take us Six and a half hours to get to pick number 29. You guys understand logistics is not a problem, though, for the National Football League because the army of people that they bring in when they descend upon a place, I mean, I've lived it for 30. You, you guys mm-hmm. lived it here. Oh, sure. When they, I mean, they took over. They've got numbers. Logistics is not the problem. I need them to have lifeguards. All right, so I'm here's worried. the next topic. <laughs> I have forwarded to the three of you the Titans statistical comparisons from 2018 to 2019. It is obvious that the six-point-per-game increase in scoring is the team's biggest improvement. So I'm taking that off the table, and I'm asking you, what other stat jumps out to you either positively or negatively 
when you compare 2018 to 2019 for the Tennessee Titans? The turnover ratio. It's huge. When you look at all the teams that made it deep into the playoffs, including the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, look at their giveaway takeaway. The Chiefs at plus 20, the 49ers at plus 12. The Titans had a plus 7 improvement in that. And I forget, what what did they have the year they went to the playoffs in 2017 season? season? Uh, They were minus. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. I just, you can't put enough emphasis on the giveaway takeaway in terms of being in a positive. When you look at successful teams, usually that was one of the earmarks of being really good, and that's the thing I like. Mine was the touchdown percentage inside the 20 went up significantly, Mm -hmm. like 23%. And while overall scoring went inside the 20 went down a little bit percentage-wise, I would rather you get in there and score more touchdowns. Like Field goals are special and good for generating small amounts of points, but I want more touchdowns. Point differential. Point differential is one of the biggest indicators in the National Football League. You go point differential by, by, by conference. You go point differential by, by divisions. Point differential is one of the biggest. They were plus 71 this year. They had the best point differential in the AFC South. You want to look at some teams that are still playing in this tournament? <clears throat> New England, we beat them. They were plus 196 point differential. Baltimore's plus 249. Those were two really good teams that the Titans beat. Kansas City, that still plans, plus 143. San Francisco's plus 169. You've got to be on the plus side. They increased their point differential. That's huge. Wow. They had the best point differential in the AFC I South. I thought you two did great, but Coach Mack yeah, beat you there. Yeah, Mack smoked coach. us. So he gets to go next. For, he gets to go first <laughs> on the next one. Can't wait. The Titans' 2019 statistics are much more comparable to the Super Bowl teams the Chiefs and the 49ers, than last year's numbers when compared to the Super Bowl teams, the Rams and the Patriots. There are three spots where the Titans fall short, however. Third and fourth down conversions. Third down conversions, Chiefs 48%, uh, 6 of 10 on fourth downs. 49ers, 45% on third down, 7 of 12 on fourth down. Titans, 38% third down conversions, just 4 of 14 on fourth downs. Second category, pass defense. Chiefs 221 allowed per game. 49ers 169 allowed per game. Titans 255 allowed per game. And then the final category, sacks against sacks allowed, which is known as sack ratio in some people's terms. The Chiefs had a plus 20 sack ratio. They sacked opposing quarterbacks 45 times, allowed just 25 sacks. 49ers plus 12, 48 sacks, 36 sacks allowed. The Titans minus 13 on sack ratio. 43 sacks, that's a good number, but 56 sacks allowed. Dave McGinnis, improvement in which of these three areas could make the Titans significantly better in 2020? Third down. Third down's huge. Third down affects your sacks also, because if if you're if you're behind the chains in third down, if you go third and seven plus, you know, fifty three percent of the time or more, okay, you're putting yourself. Look, I've called defenses in this league for a lot. If I've got somebody in third and seven plus, I can do a lot of things creatively to go after you. Your sack percentage that you've given up is going to go way up. 
if you're in third and seven plus a lot. You you improve your third down. I don't even care about fourth down. I really don't. Because if you improve your third downs, you're not going to be in that many must-go-for fourth down situations. It just statistically proves out over the years. Improve your third down conversion percentage. That's what they have to do. Well, I say improve your sack ratio, and then your quarterback is still standing so he can maybe convert more third downs, or maybe he can make bigger plays, and maybe he can play for a full season and not get injured at all. Like, protect the quarterback, and the world is your oyster. Well, this it, this is a chicken and an egg thing, but I'm going to give you the chicken, which is the truth. If you're not in third and long, they can't rush you like they can. It's hard to put defenses, and when you're calling defense and you're in conflict situations you got to play run pass you can't go after the quarterback as much third and seven plus game game on it's exactly what i circled when you sent this to me yesterday third down third down 100 percent. that's exactly what it is and i'm with you too mac i don't care about fourth down because if you're doing well in third down doesn't matter third down percentage is where it is all right hmm. interesting Go with that. <laughs> Let's go to OTPQs. <laughs> I've got some. I'm skipping ahead just a little bit. Amy Wells provides OTPQs through the fan base, the OT people, who send these in. Titansonline.com slash OTPQ. And we will get them and we will ask. This one is from Peter in Colorado Springs. Hello, Peter. You're on the air. You're on the air in Colorado Hello, Springs. Colorado Springs. You're on with Larry King. Go Amy, ahead. You know what's coming every time. I just time have to every let time it happen. It just we miss Larry King. I have to let King, it wash over me. Especially uh-huh. with these two in here. Listen You're on me. with Gwen Stefani. Go, Go ahead. ahead. <laughs> oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> Gwen Stefani. <laughs> okay. Peter in Colorado Springs asks, on the defensive side of the ball, the Titans were 12th overall in points allowed per game during the regular season. The Titans' defense was ranked much lower than that on things like passing yards allowed per game. Why was there such a drastic difference between these numbers, and what do we need to do to become a better defense? Mac, I'm starting with you. The yards allowed me nothing. You know, with the change in the, in, the, in the rules in the National Football League, once they started turning it into where you can only touch them after five, don't even worry about yards. Yards mean exactly zero. Close your eyes. Tell me what you see when you're looking at a National Football League game as relevancy. It's the least relevant stat in the history of the world. It really is. So just take yards completely out of it. Uh, that, that doesn't, they don't even matter. Because, look, if, if people can get garbage yards at the end of the game, uh, as coaches we call those, those offensive coaches that do that, stat grabbers, because it makes them look good for, on their resume. You mean the guy who runs the draw at the end of the first yeah, half yeah, to the, get 20 extra yards 20 rushing? 20 extra yards rushing, and all of a sudden he can say we rushed for 4.7? No, you didn't. <laughs> but I- anyway, all of those things don't Yardage does not matter. Points matter in the National Football League. When, when at the end of the ball game they said, you know what, you only had 12 points, but you, but you have 470 yards, you win. It's not what happens in the <laughs> National Football League. <laughs> All right, Rhett, I'm going to send this one to you first. Kenneth in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, Memphis. You're on the air. distance <laughs> information. Give me Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, You're on with Ike Turner. So Go ahead. Coffee. <laughs> Ike Turner, so wow. So much coffee. All right, he says, what a great year for the team despite the heartbreaking loss. Most of what I've seen on social media wasn't anger at the coaches or players on the game. It was sadness that the ride is over. But there's been a lot of off-season talk on how we could get back there, like the 2018 Chiefs, as opposed to becoming the 2017 Jags. There was some shade there, and I liked it. I liked it. If you were John Robinson, what is your number one priority this off-season? 
I mean, you've got to – number one is you have to take care of your own list of free agents, which is long. 19, I think we counted. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out what you want to do there. you got to figure out whether you want to re-sign Ryan Tannehill, which I do believe the answer is yes, sitting here right now. And with Derrick Henry, and you, know, you got to figure out, you know, your right tackle with Jack Holland. But you have to – you have procured this talent. You have grown this talent. The crop is there. Are you going to retain that crop or not before you do anything else? That's absolutely right. I mean, that's what you have to do. The way the National Football League is set up, it's set up for free agency. It's set up with a salary cap. You've got to be able to maneuver that every year. But you, you don't just do it at this point. You've already made plans prior. Good franchises have these things in place. You've got these guys that are up. You've got to address that first. The OT people have spoken. The OT people have spoken. By the way, Super Bowl this weekend, I know. Are you going to watch? <sighs> Begrudgingly. I, it's kind of where I am. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely watching. Are you? Yes. Yes. You oh, I have a bad attitude about I do. It. I do, too. Well, I'm you struggling. Can, you can watch with a bad attitude. Sure. Yep. Your TV works no matter what your yeah, attitude that's fair. is. By the way, third Super Bowl for Kansas City, seventh Super Bowl for San Francisco. The first one Kansas City played in was the first one. Los Angeles Coliseum, Green Bay 35, Kansas City 10. MVP, Coach Mack? The first one? Yes, sir. Uh, You've been so good on this show. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Lynn Dawson? Bart Starr. Okay, well, it's Two touchdown passes. The Chiefs' last Super Bowl. How many touchdown passes? Two. Mm. Games changed. MVP. <laughs> Games changed. January 11th, 1970, the last time Kansas City appeared in a Super Bowl. Tulane Stadium. New Orleans. They upset Minnesota 23-7. to mm-hmm. Lynn Dawson was the MVP of that game, throwing for 142 yards and two touchdowns. Game's changed. Mm. All right, so let's get to some of the San Francisco Super Bowls. The one that they almost couldn't get to in Pontiac, Michigan, because of the snow. San Dead Francisco ice. beat Cincinnati in Super Bowl 16-26-21. Your MVP was? Uh, Jerry Rice. Joe Montana. Okay. Mm. 157 yards passing and a touchdown. Yeah, but that touchdown was huge. It was huge. Super Bowl 19 at Stanford Stadium. San Francisco 38, Miami 16. Your MVP? Roger Craig. Joe Montana with 331 Just yards passing. Joe Montana. <laughs> no, Super Bowl 23 at Joe Robbie Stadium. <laughs> mm-hmm. San Francisco 20, Cincinnati 16. Your MVP? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, 11 catches, 215 yards, and a touchdown. Super Bowl 24 in the Superdome. San Francisco 55, Denver 10. Your MVP? I don't know. Well, say a name. I don't know. Say Jerry Rice. Joe Montana. Joe Montana is correct. (laughs) 297 (laughs) yards and five touchdowns. Super Bowl 29, Joe Robbie Stadium, San Francisco 49, San Diego 26. Your MVP was? Jerry Rice. Steve Young. Steve Young. 325 yards passing and six touchdowns. And then the last time San Francisco appeared, Super Bowl 47 in the Superdome when the lights went out. Baltimore 34, San Francisco 31. Your MVP was? Joe Flacco. Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco is correct. I got a free hot dog at that game, which is a big deal at a Super Bowl. Yes, it is. They're 287 like yards passing and three dog. touchdowns. So they're going to play at Hard Rock Stadium this Sunday. By the way, this is the 11th Super Bowl in Miami. There's a reason for that. The last one was Super Bowl 44, so it's been 10 years. Can you name who won the last one in, in Miami? No. New Orleans, 31-17 to 17 over Indianapolis. Let me tell you something about what's going on down there in Miami right now. Have you seen that where they've got these uh, – it's like the robo-vacuums in your house? Yeah. These movable heaters that are moving around the field? 
That's right now, cool. forget for, for to grow grass because the new overhangs that they built right. have shaded it, and so they've got they've got these things that are moving around like grass growers that on their own that heat the field so that it can grow. Little Roomba heaters. Little Roomba heaters. Let's see how wow. good Amy Wells is. The last time the Super Bowl was played in Miami, Super Bowl Forty Four, okay. which was in two thousand ten. Who sang the national anthem? In 2010? Who sang that? She's still very famous. I don't know. No, no, say a name. I don't want to say a name. Would you say a name? Beyonce. No. Was it? No. Was it Mariah Carey? No. Was it a girl? Yes. Was it um, Cher? No. Has Cher ever sung the national anthem? Uh, I don't she think has so. I'd watch it. She has now since you said it. Yeah. Carrie Underwood. Oh, that's a good one. What do we think? That's a good you, one. You being the millennial here. <laughs> that's a yes. good one. What do you think about Demi Lovato singing the national anthem? Uh, did you see her at the Grammys? I, no. I, I'm just. Holy a- smokes. I am all in on Demi Lovato. I'm actually a little bit bummed that I'm not going can to you be even, in the same space Coach as her. Coach Mack, can you remember who sang the national anthem last year? No. Gladys Knight. Yeah, no. Cannot. Oh, I didn't remember that. But some of them, I was so I was going back through some of them just for fun. Lady Gaga was my favorite. Lady Gaga did yeah. a great job. Uh, Alicia at, Keys was great. Mm-hmm. At the first Super Bowl, which the Chiefs were in, the Pride of Arizona, the Michigan Marching Band, and the UCLA Choir did the national anthem. Bring them back. The last time the Chiefs were there at, at Tulane Stadium, Al Hurt, the famous trumpeteer. Yes. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He sang the national anthem. No, he played his trumpet. Right. He didn't sing. Well, he didn't it. sing. That's yeah. correct. He no, no, he, Herb he Alpert it. also played the trumpet at Jack Murphy Stadium. <laughs> yes, he did. And that was uh, Super Bowl twenty two. Co founder of A and M Records. Yeah. The Beyonce was at Super Bowl thirty eight okay. in mm. Houston. Oh, that makes sense. Because she's, she's from, from there. Houston. Yeah. Yeah. The most was, interesting uh, one in going back and looking at this that I would have never gotten, Super Bowl fourteen in Pasadena, Cheryl Ladd. Did the national anthem, and of course she was one of Charlie's wow. angels. I would have never remembered that. Were the other angels there? This was a solo gig. This was a solo, solo gig. <laughs> we get like Good Penny morning, G angels. out there. Or something. That's hey, that's some great info. Thank sure. you, yeah. yes. Lad. Wow. Yeah. How about that? that you only a, get that on the OTP. You only get that on the OTP. That's some great info. I'll never remember one bit of it. Mike is clearly had a couple days off. Yeah, <laughs> he's been doing some. All Googling. right, Coach Mac. It's time for what's brewing since you've been and I, and I think honestly, Coach Mac's best OTP ever. I, I mean, yeah. probably. Does that mean the other ones have been bad? No. MVP <clears throat> of the OTP today, Coach Look, Dave McGinnis, what's brewing? Here's the thing. We've talked about the Combine. Yes. It's been there in Indianapolis since 1987. Yes, it is. Okay. Been to every one of them, but they've, they've changed very little. I mean, they changed the fact that, that you'd, you'd quit having to go gather players. They, they organized the, the interviews. But there's two major changes, you know, you know, coming this year. Each team this year used to have 60 interviews with 15-minute intervals. Now you're going to have 45 with 18-minute intervals. And the reason they're doing that, because the event's moving to prime time. Okay. Just what you've already mentioned. Instead of workouts in the morning and afternoon, each position group will be on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium between 4 Eastern and 11 Eastern, Thursday through Saturday. And then on Sunday, the last day, then the, then the workouts will be from 2 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. Eastern. That's a huge change. It's a huge change. It's, three, it's, it's a little over three and a half hours less of interview time. And so the, what that has necessitated, of course, this was made back in May. It got buried a little bit. This was made. So what the scouting departments have done now, they, they've 
at the Senior Bowl. They've probably upped the number of people they're interviewing at the Senior Bowl. And this is also going to necessitate some more campus visits. That's what that will do. But that's the two major changes. That's what's brewing at the Combine this year. What's brewing with me is that I never realized how unbelievably pervasive and just all-encompassing the Super Bowl is until I was angry at it. I am angry at the Super Bowl this year. I want to be there. I didn't feel these emotions until I saw the video of the planes landing in Miami and the teams getting off. And we were doing that like a week ago. And it just, it all hit me in a wave and I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to know what people are making on Food Network for their little recipes. I don't want to know what the people on Bravo think and their little commentary. I don't want to watch the Puppy Bowl. God bless those puppies, but I don't want to watch it. Like, I don't want to see your decorating tips. I don't want to hear your funny little jokes about it. I do not care. And it's everywhere. There are signs. There are grocery store displays. It's on every channel. It's on the local news and national news. It's everywhere. And I didn't realize how big one sporting event was and how many people it touched outside of the world of sports. Because for us, it's always been like, oh, I want to go to the Super Bowl, but we also, our whole lives revolve around the Super Bowl. There are so many people outside of the National Football League who get involved in this in some way, whether it's selling merchandise, coming up with food, there are different restaurant promotions. It's everywhere, and all I want is for it to go away, because I don't want to deal with it this year. I am mad that we're not there. I, I, the better teams are there, but I want to be there. I'm salty. I'm jealous. All of these emotions are real, and I cannot escape it. It's everywhere. That's what's brewing with me. Super Bowl's kind of a big deal. Well, it's a really big <laughs> deal, but I never realized it. I realized it was a big deal for me because I wanted to have that experience of being with a team and winning the Super Bowl. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was for people who aren't in this world. It feels all-encompassing to me because... Would you go if you knew you were going to lose? Yeah. Ooh. I would go if I knew I was going to lose. Hey, done that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm there's, with him. There's almost part of me... See, I, see, when people ask me what my goal is, I always say, I want to go win the Super Bowl. Because mm-hmm. having lost one, wow. Miserable. But you oh. had the whole week. You had the pageantry. You had the excitement. You were there. Yeah, you experienced it. You lived it. You had the opportunity. I've lost two AFC championship games now, and I don't like that feeling. Not a fan. I'm not enjoying okay. it. Okay. Rhett Bryan, what's brewing with you, and, what? and are you as salty as Amy Wells? <laughs> Can I say this before Rhett starts? Sure. I'm as salty as she is. Uh-huh. I know. I, I am. I'm coming in hot. I have had a few days to decompress, so I'm not as salty, but the salt level's still <laughs> near. It's near. It's a little more balanced. Uh, His saline uh, levels are yeah, balanced. Sa- yeah, because I'm with you. It Just a few days ago, we were still on that merry-go-round, and how I wish it was still going on right now in Miami for the two-tone blue, but it's not. So... 85 days from now, the NFL draft will take place in Las Vegas. It's that close to being here. And it's my favorite time of the year. Coach Mack and I are about to take a deep dive and look into prospects of all shapes, length, sizes, and position groups. Uh, 99 underclassmen declared. It's a wide receiver and running back heaven. If you looked at what the wide receivers did at the Senior Bowl last week, loaded, loaded. Quarterbacks to choose from, good year for tackles. Edge rushers, too, which I know the Titans probably are going to be looking at some of those things. Cornerback draft is good, too. Uh, really looking forward to the next few weeks that leads up to the NFL draft, April 23rd. 
And, of course, Titans Radio will have a lot of coverage in that. But uh, that's what I have to look forward to, I guess, to lower the saline level, as you say. Nicely done. Because the, the draft is one of my favorite times of the year. It's the architecture of teams in this thing. It's the reason that one of the biggest things John Robinson has on his to-do list is looking at his own free agents. He procured those. This was the process. All right, so my what's brewing is another, and I, I apologize for a repeat, but it's another please stop. Oh, I love a good please stop. Okay. <laughs> so These get fiery. I've been watching the national shows and listening to the different shows, and, and, and I probably shouldn't. You know, local, national, in between, regional, whatever. And I've heard this theory that's been floated. That if the Titans had started Ryan Tannehill from the start of the season, they might be in the Super Bowl. Please stop. Please stop. Because here's the thing. You can't generalize the specifics of the history of what happened. For the majority of people who contend this, and people who have asked me this on national shows, you weren't here. You don't know what was going on. You weren't at practice. Marcus Mariota was this team's quarterback. He was not going to lose the job in training camp. Ryan Tannehill looked good. Would you agree, Rhett? He did. Would you agree, Amy? Yes. Would you agree, Coach? Yes. He looked good, but mostly he was working against backups. When he went into the preseason game playing against backups, backups. thank you. So he looked great. He outperformed Marcus Mariota in the preseason. No, he didn't. He did because he wasn't playing against the same competition. So Marcus Mariota starts the first game. The Titans win in Cleveland over the preseason Super Bowl champions, the, <laughs> the Cleveland well, Browns. Well, they there were, it is. remember? Well, say it. There, there it is. is. They, were. <laughs> they win by 30 points. He throws three touchdown passes. The next week, he plays poorly against Indianapolis. Yep. Well, you're not going to demote him after two games, and you're not going to demote him before you go play on Thursday night. So then he doesn't play well in Jacksonville. Okay, so maybe you're thinking about pulling the trigger at Atlanta. I don't know, but maybe you are. What does he do? He goes out in the first half and plays great at Atlanta. Titans win. We're well, not going to pull him after that. So then you play Buffalo. He plays poorly. He did. Mm-hmm. And so then you have in your mind, we're thinking about taking our quarterback out, which when he didn't play well at Denver, they did. It happened as if it had to happen. And so the revisionist history, please stop. Please stop with the Titans would have been 12 and 4. No, they wouldn't have. It's just not how it worked out if you were here watching it every single day. Please stop. Please know the real story before you get into it. Mariota was the quarterback. It didn't work. He got a fair shot. Nobody can say that he didn't. And then Tannehill took over, and it went a lot better. Tannehill was acquired to be the backup. That was the plan all along. And they were going to see what happened with Mariota, and if that didn't work, then Tannehill was going to be the quarterback. And guess what? That's what happened. Please stop with the, well, if this had gone on differently, because there was nothing that anybody saw or that happened that would have made you make a full decision as a responsible NFL franchise before then. If I'm doing Fantasy League, maybe. But in terms of the reality of what goes on with an NFL team, no chance. You know, you gave me a high grade for my uh, OTP today. 
that's your best police stop. That's pretty good. No, it's better yeah. be pretty good. I, I love it, people. I really one. do. And I love talking about the Titans. And I, I love, but but that's just not true. I mean, if you if you want to criticize certain other things, fine. And there were there were plenty of things to criticize about. But Mike Vrabel said it. He said at two and four, this was a bad team and I was a bad coach. I, yeah, he did. He didn't yeah, say yeah, it was a bad Marcus Mariota. No, he didn't it, say it was it, a better no, Ryan and, and Tannehill. And that's what you do. Well, but, so, you, but I just keep hearing these people. Oh, who, I know. I, and it's like, well, they'd have been five and one at that point. No, they wouldn't. Well, and hey, Mike, let, let's asked, go. I, I'm sorry, Red. I've been asked this same question because I've been on the radio around the country, too. And my response is very similar to yours. My first response is. You don't know what's going on. You didn't know what's going on, which mm-hmm. you so eloquently. I don't know about pointed, that. Yeah, you did. I said your best one. It was poetic. You. Your best, mm-hmm. your best. But that is so good. I wish it. Well, we do. This is on. This this is recorded, right? Sort of. Yeah. Put it on my phone so the next these next <laughs> interviews I do, I can just stick it up here. Please stop. Here's the answer. And in the revisionist history, as you say, who's to say Brian Tannehill wouldn't have been injured with the way the offensive line was. There was no Taylor DeWan. That's, that's right. And Jack Conklin all, had not gotten to where he was it, it at all the happened, end of the season. It all happened as it happened for a reason. Right. And this is where we are at this point, and that's it. And which they, is, it which is, is what which, it is. Which is a good place. Which is a really good this place. This organization the Titan, is in a great place. The Titans mm-hmm. are in a really good place and ended up having a better year than many expected, and it was fulfilling in so many different ways, and I think it lays out what John and Mike want to look like as a football team. I think if if we've been talking about, on this show and other shows, what they want to be, what you saw down the stretch and in the playoffs is what they want to be. And guess what? They won't win every game doing that. Nobody in the NFL does. It's hard. But will they win more of them than they lose? Yes, and the number one goal for 2020 is very simple, home playoff game. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Everybody's number one goal is win the Super Bowl, all 32 teams. Not, everybody, not everybody's going to even have a chance. But this team's number one realistic goal, in my opinion, is home playoff game. Can't go 4-4 four and four at home. Nope. Cannot go 4-4 four and four at home. And that's up to the team, and that's up to the coaches, and it's up to the fans. And if you win a lot of those at home against your three common division oh. opponents – it's a double whammy. It's a yep. double whammy. Yeah, that, 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 my, the number one, the number one is win this division. Well, if you if you have a home playoff game, obviously you've done that, and that's mm-hmm. win this division. Absolutely, Rhett Brian. How can people follow you on the social media, and on, where are you <laughs> on Twitter at Rhett B Tennessee? Oh, nice. I like it. I does. like that it rhymes. Rhett B Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Amy Wells at Titans Amy A M. I-E. Do you have a lot of Instagram pictures from uh, Orlando? I don't really. I have a couple. So head on over to the Gram. Is that what people do? We still call it the Gram. Is the that gram. there are young people? Around. Well, see, here's here's like, what's going on. The reason she's the gram, lo- right? she's looking at young people is we have students from Christ Presbyterian Academy, better known as CPA, from their media class in here right now, and they are filming and. They are learning how not to do it. Yeah. They're, they're, this is a they, crash course. As in. they watch us, they're going, Ooh. I'm just glad they were here to see my best one. It was. <laughs> I'm really it glad. It was Coach Max's really best glad one. all y'all were here to see Coach Max's best one. I've right, been worried about it. As we go out, pick on Sunday, San Francisco, Kansas City. I, I could care less who wins. Okay. I could care less. It makes no difference to me. It really doesn't. 
I know both coaches. I know a lot of the staffs. They both deserve to be there. Mike, I could I could really, really care less, but if you want me to pick a team to sure. win it, mm-hmm. 49ers. 49ers and Jimmy G. Whoop, whoop. Oh, you're back with Jimmy G now, even after Jimmy all G. the photos? Well, for the Super Bowl. <laughs> because gonna... you don't want Kansas City because you're from Missouri. Well, because I'm Kansas City because I'm mad. Okay. And Why don't we just stop I could there. do the whole thing, but go 49ers. I think Kansas City wins, and, and Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. I do, too. I think Kansas City wins. So we're, yeah, we're split on that. Red Bryant, thanks for joining us. Glad to do it. For Amy Wells and Dave McGinnis, Mike Keith says thanks for being with us, and thank you to our friends from the CPA Media Class for being here as well. Exciting to have them in the studio as you've been listening to the OTP. OTP.